And I realized that if I didn't change what I was doing, I was never going to get the benefit of living in Alaska because Alaska is not going to do what I want. It's, a, you know, that's not how nature works, y'all. You can find The Ranch Collective on Facebook and Instagram at Ranch Collective Podcast and can find the website at ranchcollective.weebly.com. You can also email me at pollichcompany at gmail.com. That's P-O-L-I-C-H company at gmail.com. Please leave the podcast or review wherever you're listening and tell your friends about me. It'll help new people find The Ranch Collective, which is the goal. Bonus, it's just me here, so I will do a happy dance whenever I get to find out the new people are listening. Thanks, guys. Happy Wednesday. As some of you have seen, my lovely fiance Josiah is home, so I've been a little slow on some of the social media stuff. You got a sneak peek really, really late last night. Sorry. Today's guest is Amy. She has a very interesting journey about spending time outside and makes time for it at least 20 minutes a day, every day. We got to chat about her journey with humans outside, as well as a little bit about her husband's journey to Remedy Alpine, an organization that connects veterans with each other and with nature. So the audio in this chat is a little bit wonky. I think when Inger was processing it, it overlaid my voice with hers a little bit. You can still totally understand Amy, but my questions are delayed and it sounds like we're talking over each other. But I think what she's sharing is important, relatable, and fun so hopefully you can hear past it. I don't think it's too bad. I know one of the parts that's hard specifically is her website, which is humansoutside.com. Always the links are in the show notes. Enjoy. My name's Amy Bouchatz, and I am the producer of the Humans Outside podcast uh, and the writer of the Humans Outside website, where we talk about um, building an outdoor habit and getting outside every single day of the year, no matter what the weather. I love that. And I came across you in a Facebook group. I stalked your website, did a little bit of social media stalking. And I was like, wow, I want her to come and share everything about all of it. So how did this idea of humans outside come around? Yeah, so it really started, gosh, 2013 or so. Um, I mean, back so ancient history at this point, right? But my husband and I, we lived in Middle Tennessee with our two kids, um, not terribly far from Nashville, and he was in the active duty army. Um, and we were having a hard time. I'm not going to lie to you. We were, he was having a hard time dealing with some stuff he saw overseas while deployed and stuff that happened. Um, and I was like, well, I mean, what if we tried to go camping as a family? Now, mind you, I had never been camping really. Okay. There was like a very brief period of my childhood where my parents owned this humongous RV that we called Bertha. Okay. Just to give you a mind picture (laughs) of that. (laughs) And then it sat like an eyesore on our um, street in California. Um, But really camping, no, me, never. So this was like a very big leap for me. So we went to REI, we spent all of our money, we bought all of the things, and we went camping. And I realized that because who I am as a person, I needed a project around this if I was going to get myself amped up for going to sleep in a tent and a place where there was no running water. Because really, I considered myself a hotel kind of girl. Yeah. And so I started uh, this website, humansoutside.com, just to kind of give me a place to blog about it, to be honest with you. So fast forward to 2015, uh, 2016, we realized that really our issues and struggles around serving in the military were bigger than he even realized and we really needed to deal with them. And we decided that the best thing for our family was just to sort of cut the cord and change what we were doing to be more focused on spending time outside. Because what happened when we decided to go camping as a family was that I realized the outdoors for him was the perfect remedy to what he was going through. Um, We would leave our home. And by the time we had pitched the tent an hour and a half later, he was a different guy. Um, It was like watching somebody take a backpack off. And um, I wanted more of that. I wanted to see that every day. And so, you know, my job, I'm an an editor of a, you know, military publication is really... um, Trent goes wherever I live. Uh, so they're like, okay, where, where are we going to move? You know? And we decided, well, what's more outdoor centric than Alaska? I mean, really? <laughs> so we had never been here before. And we quite literally packed the station wagon and moved to Alaska sight unseen. And boy, was that a long drive. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when we got here, we realized that this is exactly where we belong. It was a hard decision to do it, but it was 
you know, it was the right thing to do. So, you know, fast forward another year now, it's 2017. And my husband is um, really experiencing the outdoors in just the way we had planned. And I am sitting on my porch on a rainy Memorial Day afternoon, wondering why Alaska is not working for me too. And by working for me, I mean being warmer. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was literally sitting there in a hoodie and a like a snow hat, okay, reading Harry Potter in the rain because I was like, gosh darn it, like it should be nice outside. What is the problem? You know, it's Memorial Day weekend. Come on. And I realized that if I didn't change what I was doing, I was never going to get the benefit of living in Alaska because Alaska is not going to do what I want. It's, a, you know, that's not how nature works, y'all. So, so I decided that again, because I'm project oriented, that the best thing for me to do would be to just try, just try to go outside every day between Memorial Day and Labor Day, see what would happen. And what would happen was that by the time I got to the middle of August, I was sold. Like this is the best decision I've ever made. Now the weather got sizably better, right? So, <laughs> so my decision was largely based on how pleasant it was outside, but you know, like there were rainy days and I still went outside and I was, you know, this is like, this is having a huge benefit for me. I wonder what would happen if I did this every day for a year. And so I set out to do what I've called Humans Outside 365. Um, and I made some rules for myself. And they were that I would spend 20 consecutive minutes outside every day for a year just to see how that would go. Um, and I decided that the best way for me to sort of log what I was doing, if, if only for myself and, and you know, not for anybody else, was to stick it on Instagram because I know that I like to use Instagram and maybe I would you know hold myself accountable that way. And you know, a year later, I was still doing it. Two years later, I was still doing it. It's now been over three years and I have not missed a day heading outside every day for 20 consecutive minutes. I mean, it's really as simple as that. And last year I decided, you know what, this is a pretty cool idea. I should share it with some folks. So I started a podcast, Humans Outside, and that's what we talk about. You know, I got experts on there talking about the practicalities of it, the why, the how, the where, how they're connected to spending time outside, you know, how to make time for that. I've got an upcoming interview with a gentleman who's an expert in coffee because I feel like that's really important. So... <laughs> And, oh my gosh. you know, that's, oh yeah. And that's just the long and the short of it, you know? So it's been a great adventure and I think it's a habit worth building. And I'm just, you know, I think it's important to tell people about it. Can I just say, okay, my favorite podcast guests are also podcast hosts because they know how to, how to talk and like to say things and to really put it in. That was so beautifully explained. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. It helps that I also write for a living. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to back up real quick. What's your Harry Potter house? Since you mentioned, oh my gosh, Ravenclaw, big time. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm a I'm a Slytherin, but if someone brings up Harry Potter, I'm always like, what house are you in? Tell me all about it. Yeah, and so my kids are like Harry Potter junkies now. I grew up in a family it. that was really in like very conservative family. Like Lord of the Rings is from the Lord, but Harry Potter is bad. Um, and so I never read. I know it's weird. I never read. That's a weird, weird distinction. I know. It's it's a little crazy, isn't it? Um, because Lord of the Rings is about Jesus or something. I mean, kind of. Yeah. And Harry, po so is Harry, Harry Potter, Potter is about witches. It's in the book, you know? So anyway, uh, so I never watched any of the movies or read any of the books um, until a couple of years ago. So, but now my kids are like Harry Potter junkies. My sons literally listen to Harry Potter every night while they're going to sleep every single night. Oh I think gosh. they might have it memorized. I listened to this. If you're, I don't know if you listen to other podcasts, but there's this killer podcast and I first got into their Twilight podcast, but now they have a Harry yeah. Potter podcast and it's called Remember Harry Potter. It is so good. You'd probably really like it if you're into Harry cool. Potter. Look it up. Don't know if you're also into Twilight. I personally am. And that's how I found their podcast. It is so funny. They're hilarious. I will look it up. I bet my kids would enjoy that too. <laughs> Okay, so let's go. Also, go back to. So you said you grew up in California. Yeah, yeah. So I'm from Central California, Central Coast, uh, Santa Cruz, California. So on a beach, about as opposite from Alaska as you can get. It's one of these places on Earth that's like mm, 65 and sunny in the summer, and yes. ooh, really cold at 45 in the winter. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm 
very I'm actually really familiar with Santa Cruz. I also grew up in California, but in a much more rural area of California. It's a bit northeast near mm-hmm. Lake Tahoe. Cool. But you said so you said you guys didn't really camp, you just kinda had No, but we we, we we vacationed up there past Truckee every year in a cabin. Oh, yeah. where? Um Sardine Lake. It's sort of off I know do you know where it is I know okay. right where that is I do so I'm from Plumas County like Truckee is an hour from my cool. hometown yeah. yeah my my father grew oh. up going to Sardine Lake and then um we went every year is your dad from up yeah he's area? also from Santa Cruz oh okay but so you guys so you went you went and did a vacation mm-hmm. every year but you weren't super like no I mean we used or... to, they had they had cabins you know with like like, oh, okay. like, actually, like, how is it? Like, now that I live in Alaska and I know what most people call a cabin, those are very nice cabins. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, people up here live uh, in like honest to god dry cabins on purpose, right? Like, the no. Sardine Lakes cabins <laughs> are houses, so <laughs> but by a lake, <laughs> yes. So, I'm I would consider myself pretty outdoorsy. I'm like into tent camping and I'm into like jumping off of rocks into sure. the lake and everything. Not into cabins without electricity or heating. Yeah. Well, you know what? The thing is, is like, if you like to, and, and one of the things I've learned, by the way, going outside every day is sort of how to make the best of the winter. Now in Texas, you don't have this problem, but here in Alaska, it gets cold, right? So if you want to just keep yeah. going outside all winter long, you better find something to do. Um, and you better find a way to do it while moving because you're going to freeze your butt off. So one of the things I've learned is to really use these dry cabins, these public use cabins in the wintertime, because they have, you know, stoves in them. So they are heated. Yeah. And so you can go and have somewhere to go and something to do that's like indoors, but also has access, like you're in the wilderness, the same way you would be if you were tent camping. Um, And it's a, you know, it's an access thing in the wintertime, a way to comfortably spend some time out there without, you know, being out there. Although my husband would prefer if we just tent camped in the wintertime. And I'm here to tell you right now, I am not doing that. So (laughs) (laughs) he really wants to and i'm like "Ooh, no (laughs) you're like listen that's a thing for you to do with your friends right and your and maybe our sons but i like just okay so practicality situation right i know women winter camp good job like by the time you finish going to the bathroom in my mind it's just you're just so cold that (laughs) and like dudes don't have this level of consideration consistently like if I'm if I need to pee, like right. there's like a whole process. <laughs> okay, have you considered a she? I I have. Um, I <laughs> must be using it wrong. Let's put it that way. Like I've not mastered the art, um, and uh, then we have other problems. So, <laughs> right? Yeah, that creates a, a whole host of, of other considerations other that you just don't need to deal with if you've backpacked into somewhere with the snow. So you know what? We'll Um, (laughs) I have tears streaming down my face from laughing at the idea of peeing in snow that's like up past my ass cheeks it's a thing Um, (laughs) I'm sure it is so let's go back a little bit to talking about like how being outdoors has affected your mental health so you said like it really changed your perspective on Living in Alaska and making the yeah, most abs- of it. Yeah. So How? the thing about heading outside and developing a practice around that is that you pretty quickly learn that, first of all, having a, a habit, any kind of mental health focused habit is very centering, right? So that could be yoga in your living room. That could be um, you have what seems to be like a hot Corona hobby of collecting plants, right? Like anything like that is a very centering mental health helpful thing. So we know from studies and science that heading outside itself has mental health benefits. So pair that with a daily practice of doing that and you have just just exponential benefit there for mental health wellness. Now, the other thing is that um, when you're outside, you might be sitting on your porch, uh, but especially here, and like, you're not going to do that every day. And if you live somewhere that's a little bit cold, you probably want to be moving part of the time. So now you just added in exercise to your habit, right? Which we know also has mental health benefits. Um, So then 
imagine if you go outside every day, um, at some point you're going to look around and notice the trees and hear the birds, right? So now you're focusing on something that's not the phone in your hand or a book. And maybe you're not doing that every single day, but that also has mental health benefits. And so it's just start to layer all of these things on each other. And you really just get this whole host of help and well-being. That's really, I have not been able to find a way to replicate it indoors. You know, I totally agree. I spent, well, I spent a lot of time outside when I was a kid, just, you know, by sheer benefit of growing up where I grew up. And then I went to college um, in Reno, which was really close to Lake Tahoe. But I know that, like, I feel like I'm my best self when I'm, like, consistently spending time outdoors. And I feel more connected to, like, who I really am when I'm spending time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I find that to be true too. Um, I'm sure there's some sort of science to say why that's true, but I don't know what it is. (laughs) I love, I was, oh my gosh, I wish I could remember who I was talking to, but they were talking about like how the effects of like grounding yourself. So like taking physically taking off your socks and shoes. I know like probably most of the year where you live, it's maybe not as feasible to do, but like just the, like taking off your socks and shoes and just like, sticking your feet in the dirt, in the sand, in the mm-hmm. grass, just immediate, like, is like supposed to be like something that's more or less instantly calming. I know for me that's Yeah, but I think that you get that same, same benefit for standing and taking a second to really notice your surroundings. Um, it's grounding with more socks on, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but like, if you pause and said, I'm going to just really notice this tree right now, like, Let's look at the tree. Let's look at its bark. How does it smell? And just use all of your five senses. I had a really inter- interesting interview um, on the Humans Outside podcast with a outdoor, um, a forest certified forest therapist. Okay, about this okay. concept. Um, like, what? First of all, what is forest therapy? And second of all, why do you need somebody to help you go outside? Um, and she talked. She talked a lot about how this is really a practice of that grounding that you just talked about. Um, and like any sort of mental health being a guide, um, you know, for most of us, that looks like a therapist in an office or on Zoom, at least right now, right? But for um, having a guide to help you learn how to do that isn't a bad idea. Um, and so um, she talked a lot about that. But that's, I mean, those are those really grounding things. And by the way, those are things you can do no matter what you, where you live. I get some pushback from people saying, well, you know, you live in Alaska. So of course you're like outdoors and experiencing the mountains and stuff. But you can go outside and and have something nature focused to look at or to meditate on no matter where you live. Even if you're in the middle of a city, you know, go outside and find a pigeon, right? Like (laughs) it can be done. Okay. (laughs) And, um, uh, just literally take the time to consider this nature around you that is growing and being in a way that sort of just transcends everything else in the world that can be accomplished in a city that can be accomplished anywhere you are. Do I think Alaska is great? Yes, I do. But you know, I've spent some time in the Dallas, Texas area. I'm so like huge city, right? But there are parks, you can find them, you know? And so it just takes just a little bit of effort sometimes to get something somewhere really nature-tastic. But even, I mean, I live in a subdivision, you know? So sometimes for me, going for a walk is going outside and walking down the street. But even there, there's some leaves and stuff, you know? Like the fresh air and the benefits of being outside sort of transcend where you are. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually just moved from the Dallas area. So like where, where I lived, we were on a really big ranch about an hour north of Dallas, but I worked in a Mm. Dallas suburb and I worked like a kind of a weird split shift. And so on days when it wasn't like a hundred and million degrees outside, I, that's what I really tried to focus on is I was like, okay, what can I do? Like this is back in January. I was like, what can I do to like make my mental health a little bit better while I'm working these like weird kind of crazy hours? And I was like, Maybe in between when I've got these three or four hours in between, I can go find a park and I can go for a walk for 20 minutes. And I actually got an Apple Watch last year for my birthday in August. So I've had it for about a little over a year now. And you get like daily reminders like your exercise ring should be further along or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is a really great like reminder that, okay, I should go outside and I can go for a 20 minute walk or I can go for a mile and a half walk in this amount of time. And that was, I always felt so, so much better after I took the time to find a like to find a park. And I usually found one that was like 
not very crowded. Oh, absolutely. For like, I usually try to do a mile and a half. Yeah, 100%. So I also have an Apple Watch and I too am obsessed with closing my rings. Like must do, <laughs> can't yes. like live with the idea that they are not closed. Especially cannot <laughs> live with the idea that I would do something and it not count. So so uh, right now I'm healing from an injury, but typically when I'm running, I run with two watches. I run with a Garmin and my Apple Watch because I cannot stand the Apple Watch um <laughs> run tracker it's just like it has some really annoying features to yeah. it that, that i just like it just drive me crazy um but i also cannot abide the idea that i would go for a run and it not count towards my stupid rings and so <laughs> yes so there was an award i think i don't remember when it was but it was for like national yeah. park day or something like that and that it was not this year but last year and um it was like vlog a three mile walk so i made my fiance walk around the ranch whole bunch of places so i could get this three miles in i didn't realize you had to log oh, it as no. an exercise thing i thought i thought your move like your move or whatever just had to be like three miles i was so upset when i realized yeah the next day. uh i will confess to standing in my bedroom <laughs> at night like moving in place to get it to, <laughs> to close sometimes my husband's like you're like gotta my get husband's this like, move goal. are you for real right now i'm like i am i really am and you know it don't even ask so <laughs> I am this extra. So Don't look at me. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Uh, speaking of your husband, can you talk a little bit about his? Yeah, uh, oh, absolutely. Non-profit? So um, my husband, when we moved here, we had this like idea, okay, that being in Alaska would be great if you're a veteran and going outside is something that veterans need because there's just a whole host of science to, to show that um, spending time outside helps with post-traumatic stress. And with healing after military service. And so we thought, you know, maybe we can start a group that focuses on this. Um, And so uh, imagine our delight when we discover that some guys near us had just started a group that focuses on this. So he went ahead and um, joined them as co-founders of an organization called Remedy Alpine, which looks to take veterans into the backcountry for like single event day events and overnight experiences to promote that um, outdoor centric time and feelings of solitude, which is really important to note as a difference from that and isolation. Um, isolation is, you know, being by yourself, being lost in your thoughts in a sort of way that's not connected to the earth and is not connected to other people. And solitude is um, a grounding practice. Um, And it can be done around other people, but it's done in a healthy way. Um, But we know that isolation is linked to depression. And Alaska is really easy to get isolated in because it's dark in the wintertime. You think you're going to move here and spend all this time outside and then it's raining on Memorial Day or you don't know what you need to take outside with you to make it happen. Maybe you get here and you think, you know, Alaska, awesome. But then you arrive and realize, oh, hey, there are bears and I don't know how to deal with that. And it's kind of paralyzing. So Remedy Alpine looks to help veterans sort of move through those things by giving them the skills to get past them. Um, And that, yeah, they're, I mean, they're headed out. We're, you and I are talking at like a Friday afternoon. Uh, They're headed out for a hike this evening. Um, You know, they get together, hike a couple times a week and then do sort of longer events as well. Yeah, I looked at their website and it's in, like it's just incredible. I was like, oh my gosh, this looks like such a one like a wonderful positive thing that's going on. And I feel like it's hard for vet like veterans when they come home, they're used to being around like being around big groups of people, right. being a part of a team. And then they come home and maybe maybe it's just them and their wife and like, yeah, that's still like your Absolutely. person, but it's different. Or like maybe it's just them or them and their and meet their parents. And I think that it veterans who said, yeah, they are. So it's it's a little difficult to track. I mean, everyone, every, we, they use the number 22 quite a lot. Um, 22 veterans a day. Um, there's some, you know, statistics to say it's more like 18. Does it really matter? You know, because any, like any are too much. So let's not quibble about that, but yes, they are really high. Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. If you look at the rate, often they are people who haven't even seen combat. Um, and so it's not even about the things that you're carrying from what you've seen, right? It really comes back to that isolation and to that feelings of not being on a team anymore. And we can sit here and be like, well, you know, war's horrible. And, you know, that 
hurt anybody. Yes, that's true. But um, it all comes back to our loneliness and a lack of connectivity. Um, another Texan who I just adore, adore, adore is Brene Brown. And she talks about this a lot. Um, and it's a matter of loneliness and connectivity. And those are things that we have to work through as a culture. So one of the ways that we're doing that is with this organization where they are get, we're giving other veterans around us a chance to be on a team um, and really be use the thing that we have found to be beneficial for ourselves. You know, it's not it's not like rocket science. We have experienced this ourselves, and we're helping ourselves in a way by helping by being a part of this group too. Um, so I, I say ourselves. I am not personally a veteran, but I, I know a lot of them. So <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you think that this? the work that your husband's doing is oh, really yeah, helpful for definitely. his mental health yep. as well. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're on a team or you're a leader in an organization and you have that sort of removed from what you're doing day to day, you miss it, you know? And so this gives an opportunity to, to keep doing that as well. Um, and veterans love talking to other veterans. I mean, you said it earlier, right? Like it's, they you do, find yeah. a group that understands you. Um, and so that's, a, that's, you know, that's how they roll. Um, there's stereotypes about the VFW, um, the Veterans of Foreign War posts, right? That people like go in there and drink a lot of beer and talk about veterany stuff, mm -hmm. right? Sure. Same reason, because they want to be around other veterans. This is a um, another avenue for doing that. I would argue more constructive um, than that stereotype. And I would argue that that stereotype isn't always true because, of course, we are very involved with our local VFW with Remedy Alpine. So, Well, and I feel like yes, veterans want to be around other veterans because they do understand a little bit better. So like my, one of my best friends in the whole world, she is um, in the air guard and her husband is an air force pilot. And there was like stuff when like the home, when the me too movement was coming out, when they were talking about all the really awful stuff that was going on at Fort hood very recently, she and I had a conversation and there was a whole bunch of stuff that she was like, Oh yeah, I never told mm. you because you didn't get it. You wouldn't get mm -hmm. it because you're not in the military. And like, I love her and she's my friend and like our relationship is such that she can say that and my feelings won't get hurt. But I was just, I just, I, right. you don't think right. about it. No, <laughs> absolutely. And that's not right. your fault. Right. Because you, you are like, why no, would you know no. that? You know, but so the important thing right. is to, um, you know, like I said, my girl, Brene Brown, right. Talk about empathy and you can practice empathy without having experienced it too. Um, and it's just a matter of, having that connectivity and those relationships and building that communication. But it's also about making sure that we are creating spaces where that connectivity can happen. Now, Remedy Alpine does really focus on veterans and most of the things they do are like veteran only to create that um, sort of uh, container experience where um, they can be together and also experience the outdoors. But that's almost like just a, like a weaning process in some ways, right? So that you can bring then other people into that and you can all, cause you all share the experience of the outdoors. You don't have to have seen combat for that to be something that you experience and that you find to be healing. Um, and so it's really, um, it, cre it creates connectivity with the rest of our, local community as well because this is something we all share yeah i agree um what ways have you kind of seen your own lifestyle or your family's lifestyles shift since getting involved with humans outside or since your husband's been more involved with uh, the yeah so uh well when you um when you get outside every day for 20 minutes darn it it's gonna happen and today is not gonna be the day that it doesn't so so sometimes that means building your day around that <laughs> right um and i've seen our priorities really shift to do that especially in the winter time when you have to make a plan or you're not going to do it because it's not that nice outside right going outside when it's nice outside is super easy um, in the wintertime, you want to make sure that you've designed your day around that or you're going to find a reason not to do it. And it's all, that's all there is to it. So, for example, we've gotten into a lot of outdoor sports that we never would have done um, that my kids are signed up to do Nordic skiing this year, which is cross country skiing. Um, we've never done that as a family. Last year, they did some downhill skiing. Um, you know, we'd never really done that consistently as a family. I now own a million pairs of skis, but that's sort of beside the point. Um, <laughs> um, you know, we, like I said, my husband would like us to go winter camping. We don't do that 
you know, I'd like almost say yet because mark my words, I'm going to have to someday, but um, we do spend weekends at cabins. You know, I've built, I've already booked out cabins for the winter um, and we will be spending at least one weekend a month in the wintertime at a public use cabin. Um, And so that's really a priority thing because, you know, weekends are weekends. There's always something else to do. Um, Although less now. So, Um, right. You know, and so we've really shifted our priority to those things. Um, and like I said earlier, he, my husband's out, um, doing the remedy Alpine thing this evening, he's going to, uh, to lead a hike, you know, that's how he's spending his Friday night. Um, and I have, my kids don't know it yet, but I bought myself a hot tub this summer. Um, I know because because last winter when I was running with my friends and freezing my ever loving butt off, I thought, you know what I wish I was doing sitting in a hot tub. I must buy one. And then my family and I went on a cruise. (laughs) Like when we got on the cruise, no one had ever heard of the coronavirus. And when we got off the cruise, it, there was like the first news of it while we were gone. Okay. So like last wave of cruising. All right. So (laughs) So my family and I went on a cruise and I have this memory sitting in a hot tub on the cruise deck watching a movie. And I thought, this is my best life. I must do this in my house. Uh, And I'm like, how could I take this experience? Like, how could I take the experience of this vacation home? And I realized, Amy, you just have to buy a hot tub. Hello. So, uh, and a projector. So I'm going to try tonight actually to do a projector movie um, from my hot tub with my kids. They don't know what's going to happen, but I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. Um, so, uh, I will say like, I tried to do it in the summer and it's not dark enough for the stupid projector. It was very, dis- I was like very disappointed. So <laughs> is it, does it get cool? Enough oh yeah. In the um, to yeah, be in a hot for tub? sure. Well, I mean, there were some days that it was very like direct okay. sun, like it, the air temperature is cool, but the direct sun is very warm that I was like, Ooh, this is not nice. But, um, you know, like, a really nice day is like 70 degrees. So. Oh, okay. Well, I, I wasn't sure what the temperatures yeah. were really. No, like it's, there. it's all good. Been, um, and honestly, like living, <laughs> having spent time in Texas, I can tell you like there's, it's hard to explain. <laughs> so when I moved here, I was like in shock. So I moved from um, Northwestern Nevada where even, you know, in mm-hmm. August, the hottest month of the year in that particular area, at night it was still getting down to very right. close to freezing temperatures, right? So, especially like up at Lake Tahoe, which is where we like to go camping. So, imagine my shock when I get down here and it's May, and so it's already like 95 degrees, which does not happen in northern Nevada in May most of the time. And I get down here, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so great. No. The sun goes down, it's going to no. cool off. It doesn't. <laughs> No, I was, I was <laughs> if so anything, angry. it gets heavier. Like, I don't, it's not hot. It's just heavy. Yeah. It's a little bit better here in um, Austin mm. because there's a lot more water around. So it does cool off quite a bit more. It's actually been really nice. Like, I'll take my dogs out for a walk um, right around, like, dawn. So when it's, like, the coolest and it's, like, I'm, like, perfect in the t-shirt. I'm, like, my, The funniest great. thing about Texas to me was that I felt like it was really hot and so I'm out running in like a tank top and shorts and here comes the Texans in like their mm-hmm. tights and long sleeves and hats, you know? <laughs> okay. I've discovered that I've turned into a real weenie. So I've lived here for like about a year and a half and I went back over, ooh, I just threw my pen across the room. Um, I do a lot of talking with my hands and my pen was in my hand. Um, I went back over the summer for my little sister's wedding and I was like, oh my gosh, it's cold out here. I need a jacket. It's like, <laughs> it's like 55 degrees. So it's not particularly cold. I'm just like, I need a jacket. And my friend who lives there, who's, we were staying with, she was like, yeah. yeah okay, well, I mean, but know. it is like, so I think this goes back to just being outside in general. Experiencing the outdoors is relative. So I am not ever going to sit mm-hmm. here and call you a weenie, right? It's just what, it's just your experience, you know? So, um, your what you could have like the to- tolerance for because of your personal experience is going to be much different from what I can tolerate. And by the way, what I can tolerate now is way different than what I did in Middle Tennessee. You know, so I like I'm not going to pass judgment on you because it's passing judgment on previous Amy, and that's not very nice. <laughs> No, I'll just pa- I'll just pass it. On <laughs> but like <myself>. to me, <laughs> running in ten um, like ten like negative ten or zero degrees that's cold but doable. Okay. But like, 
you know, the people I was passing in Texas while I was wearing tank top were like, oh my gosh, it's like 48 out here and I'm not die, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, this Your is, like, this is my best so life great. right here. So <laughs> did it, um, snow? Um, sometimes a little, like a big, big, big event, but yes. Okay. I'm also shockingly not very familiar. No, with it's totally fine. I, uh, really so. felt like maybe it wouldn't snow there and it totally did. So what do I know? You know? <laughs> But I'm from California where <laughs> well, I like okay. very specifically remember the day I saw a snowflake. It was a big deal. So like, whoa, you know, it's so crazy how different. So like um, where I grew up, as you know, is about four and a half or five hours from Santa Cruz. And it's crazy. Like we get we got right. snow regularly in May or June where I grew up. So like it was that was a completely normal Thing is so crazy how different oh, yeah. our experiences Big growing place. up in California. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's one of the. I think it's the third largest state, third or fourth largest state in the country. So, um, but Alaska is twice. Alaska I is I don't know twice the size of Texas, which I love to remind my Texan friends. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I was like mind blown the first time someone showed me like an mm-hmm. actual map that was to scale that had Alaska on it. I was like, I know, I know. Okay. Pet peeves, Alaska pet peeves. Alaska drives me crazy. Having little tiny Alaska down by Hawaii. No rude. Second of all, um, (laughs) like it's not even (laughs) warm here guys. Just at least put it in the North. Okay. Um, second thing is, is that, um, when, when like, uh, in fact, I just finished, um, I'm in grad school. I just finished this class in like statistical visualization. So like, graphs and stuff and um one of the like one of the course uh requirements was to um find a visual visualization and fix it okay so like a bad so here's this like map of the coronaviruses uh cases in the u.s and it's just like like it's called in the u.s but of course it doesn't include alaska hawaii so i (laughs) so i recreated it with alaska and hawaii it was just like fixed it you know (laughs) Uh, I did some data visualization classes in college. I was an information systems major and those were hands down the coolest classes that I got to do. I love, I just, I love this. Yeah. We've been doing um, Tableau and SPSS, which are. Okay. Yeah. I like, well, I'm a words girl, not so much with the numbers. So it's been, it's been a challenge, uh, challenge for me. I'm, I've learned a lot. I'm glad it's over. So, (laughs) I say, well, for me, the data itself is like very, very overwhelming, but it's like the, once you can make the visualization actually make sense, like put, put it up there. So it makes sense. I love that part of it. Where has been your favorite place that you've traveled to? I, uh, gonna, I'm gonna, we've lived across all around the U S so, um, but I'm going to stick in Alaska. Just like stay here. I love um, the Seward, okay. Alaska area, which if you ever take a cruise up here, you'll probably visit. It is a um, coastal town. Um, I love the beach. I'm, you know, I'm from a beach in California, so that just speaks to me. But you've got the mountains, you've got the ocean, um, you've got wildlife, you've got forests. It's just very, very pretty there. And I imagine myself like on a pensive rainy day writing somewhere. I don't know. I just, I love it there. Um, and I just love driving down there. It is so pretty. Uh, it's just, it's a great place to visit. Uh, another really cool place here in Alaska is, um, the Matanuska glacier. So, I mean, file this under bucket list stuff, guys, like just no big deal. Go to a glacier, you know? So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> up the Glen highway from Alaska, from Alaska, from Anchorage, about, uh, about two hours from Anchorage up the Glen highway. So if you were going to leave Alaska and go towards Canada, you would take the Glen Highway. And if you were coming in from Canada, you would be on the Glen Highway. So okay. um, about two hours outside of Anchorage on the Glen Highway is the Matanuska Glacier. Um, and right by the Matanuska Glacier is Sheep Mountain Lodge. It is this, you know, it's just like a lounge. Yeah. it's I, Oh, my goodness. It is it. drop dead pretty. Um, I don't know if you can want to share a photo with everybody, but I will send you a picture of me there a couple of weeks ago. Yes. That I mean, like. Yes, please do. Just, um, they're it was one of these moments you're like, is this real? You know? <laughs> and looking at the pictures, 
I, in fact, standing there, I thought, I'm going to take a picture of this. And right now I'm like, this is pretty and seems unreal. And then later I'm going to look at this and be like, that couldn't have possibly been real. Uh, and that's 100% what it's like. But I swear to God, guys, you're going to look at this picture and be like, she photoshopped that. I, on my honor, did not. No filter, no editing. Okay. Incredible. Um, and we pulled over and we camped there. And so just out of sight is this glacier and then these mountains. And it is just uh, these, I mean, this cotton candy twilight situation, reds and golds. And it is just uh, oh, the most, one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Um, and so that's Alaska, you know, like in the lower 48, we see beautiful things. And sometimes we go to, you know, destination, nature destinations, right? Grand Canyon or um, Bryce mm -hmm. Canyon, or, you know, these national park spaces or your state park spaces. And those are destination things here. You know, I go out my door and 10 minutes down the highway, I'm I mean, I'm driving into the city and I'm looking at a, a view that's like a backdrop, you know, like that can't possibly be real, but there it is, you know? Um, and it's just, it just blows your mind, you know? So traveling around Alaska everywhere is my favorite, to be honest with you. It's just, there's, you just can't compare looking at the, at the landscapes. It's just too beautiful. Say so, you say you can't compare, but I'm going to real quick. Cause that reminded me, like I, when I moved from the Northern California, Northern Nevada area, and we moved to Texas, it's, mm -hmm. um, hilly but quite flat comparatively compared to like you know the sierras and i was like man i wish i would have taken more time because i spent a lot of time outside we spent a lot of time camping hiking and um again you know where i grew up was really rural like right in just the heart of like the sierras near lassen national park all of that super beautiful beautiful areas but I like wish I would have taken more time yeah. to just really. But you know what? I like the, the, that hill country in Texas is beautiful in its own way. You know, it's just, it's a different kind of thing. There's not, a, you can't even compare the two, you know, it has its own, its own, uh, its own beauty. I, on my podcast, I had um, the uh, Joni Carswell, who is the lead of Texan by nature. Um, which is a, yeah, yeah. And so she and I talked yeah, about this I a lot, you know, just the, that beautiful Texan prairie um, landscape that just is, um, it's incredible, you know? Uh, and she's worked really hard with the George W. Bush Center. They, they help, um, help that organization out um, to develop some of that regrowth of the prairie grasses there in Texas, um, the natural prairie. And it's really cool. If you ever go Ooh, to okay. the George W. Bush um, Institute there in Dallas, you'll <laughs> certain times of the year, especially you'll drive by and you'll be like, can these people not mow their lawn? You know, but that's, it's all Texas prairie grass that they're um, regrowing there on the, on the center's grounds. It's really incredible. You know, I'm so annoyed that Corona happened because all these places shut down. That was one of the places I really, really wanted to go when we lived up there. Um, and there's in yeah. the Dallas area, there's like just so much history specifically like in that area. So I'm like, Man, I want to yeah. go check out these places, but you can't because everything's closed because of coronavirus. So there's like all these like kind of funny, stereotypical Alaska things like, you know, Sarah Palin and saying Russia from her house, blah, blah, blah. What's been the most like stereotypically Alaska? Um, I think like <laughs> moose sightings are pretty stereotypical. Um, you're just like walking around and there's a moose, yes. you know, um, like I can't go to work right now because there's a moose in my yard. Um, I, you know, where I live <laughs> specifically, I don't have a lot of moose in my neighborhood. It has more to do with the fact that um, there's um, I, I live right against the school property and there's a big cross country running course behind the school that's adjacent to my house. And so we actually spend a lot of time out there and there's a lot of moose in there. They see absolutely no reason to come into the neighborhood, right? Like why? <laughs> would I do that if I was a moose? So I don't get a lot of moose in my yard every right. now and then yeah. I do. And boy, do I hightail it to take a picture <laughs> because, um, I just think it's so, so friggin' cool. But like my, I've had to, um, holler at kids walk into school. Cause there's like a moose right there. Like don't move. There's the moose, you know, because moose <laughs> are, um, very, very, very big, right? Like just so much bigger than you think they are. And right. um, yeah. not terribly intelligent and very territorial about their babies. And boy, do those suckers yeah. know how to move. So right. if you startle the moose or you're not paying attention and accidentally approach one, um, you can have a moose charging you in very little time. And it is hard to get out of the way because they're just so 
big. Um, I watched a moose walk over my back fence. Like it is a normal size chain link fence. And it never occurred to me that one might just step over it, but she did, you know. <laughs> a lot of my fiance's family lives in Montana. That's where his whole family's from. And so, and when we first started dating, he was living up there. That was like my one thing I wanted to do before he moved out of Montana was see a moose. Saw one on the drive back to Northern Nevada. It was in Idaho like four fields away. I was like, that looks like a moose. My only moose sighting, which is a bummer. But um, his family was like, oh yeah, if you see a moose, treat it the way you would treat a bear. Try to back away calmly and slowly and get away yeah. from it. Yeah. But don't so, do it suddenly. Um, I, you know, every time I see a moose, I say something like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and then they like walk away and I'm disappointed because I really wanted <laughs> to take a picture from a safe distance, you know? Um, but uh, I think looking out, like looking up from my desk out my window and seeing a moose, like having a snack was one of the more startling moments. Like, what the crap? Like, <laughs> I'm glad that deer are not yeah, territory it would, uh, in the same way moose would are territorial. <laughs> we would have more moose for dinner if that was true. But no. do you guys have mountain lions up there? I don't think that they, uh, really? well, I don't know. They're just not, uh, not native to here. Or maybe they don't survive the cold as well. Like it's really cold. So no, that is further north. Um, yeah, but we do have um, black bear and okay. brown bears, which is a nice way of saying grizzly bears. Um, <laughs> uh, and right. you know, there's like hot debate over guns versus bear spray. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I think, let's see, gosh, what's another st totally stereotypical Alaska thing. I I've noticed that every time everyone outside of Alaska, um, asks me about Sarah Palin, like when we moved here, that's all I was asked. Um, but nobody here ever talks about her. So. <laughs> okay. That's hilarious. I wonder, well, I wonder if that's, I mean, uh, 2016, but I, you I live in her hometown. So yeah, like we're right next, right adjacent to oh. it. Um, she's from Wasilla and we live like, we live all but in Wasilla. Palmer's right next door. Uh, not so, so much with the Russia. Um, there's a Russian <laughs> restaurant. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Uh, what, very okay, cabbage -y. What is Russian so, food like? <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> that was not the answer I was expecting. <laughs> Giant vegetables are very stereotypical. But, uh, Alaska, we have oh. a lot of those. Lots of rutabaga the size of your face. Yeah, so you probably have a kind of a unique uh, vegetable and fruit crop, I guess. Yeah. Harvesting. It's it's season. hot and heavy. Let's put it that you way. Get so much you, sun. It goes from being absolutely nothing to a lot and humongous. Uh, and then it goes away, you know, so, um, produce up here can be very, very expensive. The, um, growing season is not terribly long. Um, and, uh, there, the variety is not very large because it's not warm enough. So we have a lot of, like a lot of potatoes, um, a lot of cabbage, um, and cabbage like vegetables. So, um, kohlrabi and rutabaga and those just, and beets like root vegetables, right. Um, and carrots, um, okay. and, uh, not very much squash, which makes my, me sad. Um, and then, uh, and then it's over, you know? So we, uh, you take what you can get while the getting's good. Uh, produce wise, like fruit produce, um, lots and lots of, um, foraged berries. So lots of wild blueberries, um, high and low bush cranberries, um, and a variety of other mountain type berries. So salmon berries, and, um, they're sort of like a raspberry. Um, they're berries? a little bit bigger than a raspberry and they're a little bit of a different color. I think they're okay. they a taste little like bit sweeter. Like raspberries can be very tart, right? Okay. Interesting. I never would have thought about that. Although I did learn, I was very bummed to learn that my first real summer, um, in Texas, that oh, yeah. we don't get apricots here the way we do. Yeah. I'll tell you, so that's like very, one of those foods that's like, um, very Western, right. Very California. I remember going like buying apricots in Tennessee and the guy who was bagging my groceries was like, what is this? We've got like the plum apricot mm -hmm. hybrids in the grocery stores here, but no, apricots and i'm like where i'm not I sure i've ever them? seen I'm an apricot here for sale here in alaska i know they are good it makes me so sad uh, we're really so spoiled good. i think I, you know i didn't realize how spoiled i was growing up first of all santa cruz is, is a tourist destination did not know that right like why would you know that as a kid yes this is what i'm saying <laughs> like but if you're from there and you grew school. up there you would never know that until you were an adult and came back right like 
oh, there are people in my neighborhood who have summer homes. Like that means nothing. And then I definitely did not appreciate the produce while I was there. Because again, like if that's all you know, why would you have any context for that not being the thing? Yeah. Well, and then when I moved to Nevada for college, because I was in Reno, it was so close. It's, you know, two hours from Sacramento. We got all the good produce from California there too. So it was really kind of a... Um, okay, so I have a question that's a Santa Cruz specific no. question. Did you ever My, do the Friday uh, after Halloween? Remember the Lord of the Rings thing? Not so much with the Halloween. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. <laughs> well, okay. So I am a bit. I love haunted houses, but there was they. In, at the Friday Walk, they have this massive haunted house that scared the shit out of me when I was a little kid. No, shielded as I was. I did not. Uh, <laughs> but I did spend long summer days on the boardwalk. <sighs> uh, got, um, my, you know, my dad worked there as a teen like anybody else does. Yeah. So, you know, it's oh. uh, that, that charmed life. But again, who, you know, how could you possibly know that that's not everyone's experience if you've never lived anywhere else? And I would love to move back there, but who can afford it? So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's a uh, well and i split a lot of my time between northern and southern california. no not really did you ever, did you spend time in southern california at all okay i um was blessed my grandparents had a houseboat when i was growing up so i spent a lot of summers cool. doing houseboat stuff with them traveling with them and it did not occur to me that that was right like but because why would you know that yeah why would, why would you know that you know until you leave my phone's been having some uh issues like since i updated it a while ago it's the screen i like have phantom screen move so like it hangs up on phone calls or like randomly call people it's real fun i'll be like stalking someone's social media and it'll be like instagram video (laughs) call no (laughs) yeah it's embarrassing What? Hmm. No. Did I already ask you what you're most proud of? Um, you know, I'm really proud okay, of the fact that of? I have been able to sustain a outdoor habit. I, you know, before coronavirus did a lot of traveling for work. You know, when you fly somewhere from Alaska, you usually fly out overnight and it takes a long time to get anywhere. Just for context, if you're going to fly here, you're going to probably stop in Seattle and it's a three and a half hour flight from there. So, you know, however long it takes you to get to Seattle, right? Add that in. So it's just, it can be a very long day and then you add in time changes. So anytime I fly to Washington, D.C., I might get there midday, but, you know, if I leave, if I go overnight, but if I leave here in the morning, I don't get there until nighttime, right? So it's, it can be really challenging to right. to make getting outside happen on a long travel day like that. And if you don't get up really early and go, I'm talking like 2 a.m. or, you know, go outside at some point while you're traveling. And I've been able to, you know, there are days that I have walked the drop-off area at the airport to get my outdoor time in, like leave the secure area during a layover and walk around outside where there are like people arriving. So, (laughs) but you know, that still counts. I'm really proud that I've been able to do that. I'm really proud that I've been able to do outdoor time every day like that in Alaska, because it, I mean, it can be really cold here. We're talking like negative 10 and 60 mile an hour wind gusts. So like on top of the air temperature. And on those kinds of days, like you got to want it. You got to want to go outside. And we, you know, I look at it as a challenge and does, will this be good for the gram? You know, like, <laughs> like you have to motivate yourself somehow, you know, and <laughs> at some point like, oh, well, it's good for my mental health right. is maybe not going to, not going to push it. You know, you find ways to do it. And I'm really proud right. that I've been able to, that I've been able to do that. Has your husband oh, definitely. been supportive? Oh, absolutely. Of you know, he he's just glad that project. I uh, have, like, you know, joined him in his some of his outdoor exploits. Yeah, so right before we got married, we went, my parents now live in Idaho, and we went and visited them. And my husband, uh, then, you know, fiance, wanted to go skiing. So we went skiing, and it was not a good experience for me. He should not teach people named Amy how to ski. I didn't have the, like, I wasn't wearing the right clothing. I didn't know what I was doing. I had never been skiing in my life. I, nobody told me how to get off the ski lift before I got on. Like it just didn't start well. Okay. And I was really cold. Well, you have Wait, to know like, to, way to how, like, just how, like I didn't have any, like I never had skis on before 10 minutes before that. Right. So I didn't know how to get off a ski lift, you know, like, Oh, okay. So when you're getting off a ski lift, you want to make sure that you lean forward and stand up on your skis and get out of the way. Right. But if you've never stood on skis before, maybe that's going to result in you falling down. Um, At the end of a ski lift can be very icy. So it, so if you have no idea what the hell you're doing, you might slip. 
you know? And so if your name is Amy, you stood up, you slipped. Um, now you're almost getting hit in the head by a ski lift. Like there are things you should know before you get on. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay. So I didn't, I, yeah. So even though I lived close to one of the destinations where people come specifically to yeah. do that, I was never really into outdoor sports or anything. I've never, even to this day, have not ever been to like a ski resort except one time yeah. for Valentine's Day. We Sledding's just, fun. Michael and I decided yeah. to go sledding at a ski resort, which was really fun. It was yeah, so fun. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but yes, you know, so pro tip, ski, just so I was like, go over mean? how you're going to do it before you get on, which I did not do. Um, and I was just like, I am never going skiing with okay. you again. We're not doing this. Okay. Um, and sort of an experience, similar experience was had with ca- tent camping with him. Like, this is horrible. I'm never doing this again. And so I think that he's just glad that I found it within myself to try things again. Um, and now, you know, I'm not a great skier by any stretch of the imagination, but I do enjoy it. I go- enjoy going with my family um, and I'll go out there for the day. You know, he's like doing jumps off of things and breaking bones and you won't catch me doing that. But um, you know, and I tent camp like it's a job. Like, hey, like, can we tent camp for 25 nights this summer? You know, bring it on. Um, and I'm all about that life now. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's all he's like all, all in. Uh, your husband sounds like a complete badass. Well, he, I'm just he gonna thinks so. <laughs> throw that out there. Well, tell him I validate those feelings. I'm sure yeah, he needs absolutely. To I'll pass it on. He'll appreciate that. On the internet. <laughs> Great, thanks. Uh, what do you, so you said you're a project person. You need to like make it a thing. What do you think, what kind of projects and stuff do you think you'd oh, be gosh. taking on if you um, weren't doing human I, You know, I, I find myself in grad school anyway, uh, but, but I uh, would probably be joining some sort of a, um, a school program that I don't really need because I'm bored, you know. Um, I am working on a book around the idea of humans outside, just kind of looking um, at the, at how heading outside influences you, like, step by step. Um, but, yeah, th- I mean, that's just sort of who I am as a person. I, I, cannot, I cannot resist a project. Um, I am in Are grad you school in grad right school now. Right now. I'm going to University of San Francisco for a master's in public leadership. Uh, what do you do with it? Well, um, it's, so, uh, that's such a good question. Um, I actually am super fortunate to be receiving a scholarship from the Craig Newmarks foundation. So I, you know, that, um, opportunity sort of landed on my plate and I thought, Oh, I'll figure out what to do with this later. Uh, but you know, it's a lot of public policy and a lot of sort of running for office sort of concepts. Um, and so I, um, would love to get involved in local Palmer government because cute little Palmer Alaska. Um, you know, gotta, gotta do the thing here. Um, but that's probably down the road at some point, but it's been a fun ride. It's been exciting to learn new things and that kind of thing. Oh, that is very, very cool. I wouldn't, I don't know. I local politics or something that's like personally super, super fascinating to me. And I, um, I don't know if you, I've had a chance to check out the last couple episodes of yeah no I, I listened posted, yeah no I did care if you don't it won't hurt my feelings at all yeah. but I was talking about <laughs> oh well thank you um I spent a bit of time researching into some nonpartisan organizations yeah. to talk about like why especially your local elections and your local political official officials are super important so yeah it's actually, um, it's so, so cool fun to be involved in our local community into. and um, it would be just a real honor to do that so. You know, one thing at a time, one thing at a time. Uh, eight and 11. <laughs> How old are your kids? Dang. That's awesome. Are they, and are they like their dad is super. You know, like, they don't even know any different like, at this outdoor point. Outdoor stuff, are they more like you where you're like. Yes, absolutely. Um, if someone is interested in connecting, yeah, with absolutely. You on so humansoutside.com got all the podcasts. You just uh, drop in there, and you can see the link. Um, of course, you can find it wherever you find your podcasts, as they say. Um, to include telling Alexa, I'm not going to say it too loud because she'll hear me, but to play humans outside uh, podcasts. 
Yeah, it is pretty cool. And then, um, you know, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. So if you want to see a picture of every single day of my outdoor time, you can just hit up humans outside on Instagram or follow the hashtag humans outside 365 to see a bunch of people doing the same thing. Um, I put a pic, I almost every day, sometimes I remember the next morning and put up yesterday's, but put up a picture of my outdoor time. Haven't missed a day. Um, I'm going to oh, thank you so much. I just your website because no, I, I, I did the first I version I don't know and if you did like by it, last beautiful. winter, it looked very 2014, which is when I made it. So go figure. Uh, and um, I hired a, I hired a designer to help me because I was like, I am now officially in over my head. So <laughs> I think the design on it is much is i don't want to say much more time it's I never very pretty them, thank but you it, it's oh say, thank it's you so much it means so much to it's me beautiful. thank you and i want to spend all my time on your website <laughs> yeah You're thanks welcome. so much for having me um all right well thank you so much for coming on and i'm this was this was a wonderful conversation and i don't know how it was already an hour but it's already yeah it's been hour. so much fun thanks Almost so much for having me that's when we started talking i will Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Have a good be, night. It's and cool runnings your, time, uh, baby. <laughs> Have a great one. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, please feel free to connect with me on social media. One more time, it's at Ranch Collective Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And subscribe to the podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. See you next week.